All right, and I believe we are live. Sorry about that, ladies and gentlemen. Well, I don't think there's anybody here yet, but, uh, oh, there you go. Paper plates. Huh? How you doing? He <laughs> jumped on real quick. Uh, I'll wait for, there's, for there to be a, a few more people on uh, before I apologize for being late, uh, but I do need to do that. Uh, let, me, let me go ahead and um, make sure I post this. I've got to, uh, I've got to uh, advertise that I have a YouTube video going. I don't think anybody knows. So one moment, please. Switch account. Mr. Reagan. Oh, I have such a good video coming out tomorrow. You're going to love it. Uh, let's see my channel. I've got a text. Why is Jordan uh -oh. Shh, quiet. So, nope, nope. It's not a text. It's just news. All right, let's see here. So, community section. Post this. I'm going to say live now. Sorry I'm late, everybody. All right, hold on one second. Boom, boom. 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 All right, done with that. All right, switch account. Switching back to toxic masculinity. All right, closing, opening that up. And uh, yeah, looks good. Everything's good. Hey, ahoy, you're late. I know, Waylon. I am so sorry, sir. Uh, I I'm going to, okay. Doge is to the moon. Yeah, true. But I would jump out if I were you. I've, I've decided to jump out uh, today because I do think that after, after tonight, it will dive down. That's my guess. Now, Valeria doesn't think it's going to dive down, and she doesn't care if it does because she thinks it's going to come back up. She thinks it's going to go to around 98 cents. So if you want to put in a sell order, if you have Doge, if you want to put a sell order at 97, 97, 9, something like that, uh, I would highly recommend that. Um, but, so why am I late? Why am I late? Well, I'm going to tell you. I've had the Doge. I had a haircut. Somebody came in to cut my hair. Uh, I have a hairstylist because I'm a Hollywood degenerate. <laughs> so somebody that comes to my place to do my hair. I'm, I'm a very lucky person in many, many aspects. Funnily enough, you might think, oh, you know, Chris is living the good life. I've had this woman do my hair since I was essentially broke. Uh, I used to teach graphic design, and this this girl, she, she, was, she was not good at it. Like, she, she was a student of mine, but she couldn't do it. She was useless. She was trying to do a website. So I was, I got so frustrated with her. I said, "Look, I'll just design your website for you, okay?" And she was a hairstylist, and she goes, "Okay, I'll tell you what. If you make my website and you update it occasionally, I will, I'll cut your hair for free." So that's the deal that we struck. And so she's always cut my hair for free until I stopped working on her website because I started doing my YouTube channel and I became a little bit more successful. So now I actually pay her. So she just comes in and I, I pay her. But it used to be a sort of barter agreement. Um, she's also Russian. Uh, her name is Julia Mironova. If you are in the LA area and you need uh, a makeup artist or a hairstylist, you should contact her. Uh, all right, yeah, no Valeria today. Uh, uh, Valeria is working. And um, yeah, so I had a bunch of stuff I was doing, and I was preparing for the show, and I was doing a bunch of other stuff, and I was, you know, sorting out a video for tomorrow morning for Mr. Reagan. And I looked at the time, and it was 6.05, and I'm like, crap, I can't believe I missed it. So uh, it was just me being, like, distracted and late. But let me, guys, show you uh, a quick preview. I'm not going to show you the whole thing, but I'm going to show you a quick preview of the video that I have prepared for tomorrow. You guys ready for this? This is good stuff. Hold on. Let me, let me go to my... Oh, no. Can I do that? You know, I'll just play it. I'll just play it from my computer. You guys will find this entertaining, I think. Hold on one second. I gotta find it. I gotta find it. Where is it? Okay, there it is. Yes. Yes. Yeah, you're gonna like this. Okay. All right. Pause. All right. Can I can I show that? Desktop? I don't know if I can show that. Uh let, yeah, let me switch over then to here. Okay. All right. You guys should should enjoy this. This is gonna be out tomorrow, but you guys get a sneak preview because why not? Why not? Switch account, Mr. Reagan, content, there we go, beautiful, look at that. And weirdly, monetization is on. I think that has something to do with the fact that, that um, it's just a joke, it's just a parody video. All right, let me go ahead and turn the audio on.
and a woman of color. I am also a Latino mother. I am the face of the CIA because my pronouns are stunning and brave. I am a cisgender millennial, so I'm barely intersectional. My race and my gender got me a promotion. Everything in this video is in slow motion, but my existence is All right, that's all you're getting. <laughs> that's all you're getting. You're going to have to watch the video tomorrow. Anyway, it's just a comedy. It's just a stupid parody of that CIA video. Uh, I was absolutely disgusted <clears throat> when they made that video, and I was just like, okay, I have to do some kind of parody of this um, because it was just so ridiculous, right? I mean, it was ridiculous. I got hired because I'm a Latina woman of color millennial with, with a mental problem. It's like, it was the weirdest thing. I didn't really understand. It was obviously not something that should have been praised. Oh, let's, let's praise this, this, uh, let, let's, let's glorify the fact that I have a mental disorder. Um, but anyway, uh, Michael Tarrant says he loves it. Okay. There's one person. Uh, uh, somebody says that, that, uh, Dark Crusher says that they dig it. Okay. Paper Plate says video... Video's audio is good. Okay, that's nice to know. <laughs> uh, you're wasting your talents in Hollywood. Zombie Teddy, I'll tell you what. I, I am getting that flip out of here as soon as I can. Um, we haven't. The, the only problem that we have is that we haven't figured out where we want to live. Oh, thank you. Yankee the Rebel has noticed that I have a, a new haircut. That's nice. Uh, we will move. We're actually going to spend a little bit of time in Hawaii coming up. Uh, my best friend lives in Hawaii, so I'll be broadcasting from Hawaii in July for the entire month. So we're going to go stay there for the entire month. Uh, we found some nice places that we can rent out uh, for the month. It's going to cost a lot of money, but um, I, I obviously would prefer to get something cheaper. Uh, but uh, it is what it is. You know, I, I have, you know, Kurt lives there. So I have people that I can rely on. And Valera and I went to Hawaii last year, and we absolutely loved it. So we're going to spend a month there, see what we think. Um, I don't think that would be a place that we would move to, but it's a place we like to spend time. So, you know, because, you know, I got a friend there. So we're going to be out of L.A. for a little while anyway. Um, we have a house sitter to watch the cat. Uh, so no Aston for a month. It's going to be quite sad. All right, well, let's uh, get on with the news. Yeah, Michael Turan says... Uh, come back to Oregon, <clears throat> but move to the southern part. I got to say, I miss Oregon a lot. I, I often think about maybe moving back there. It's definitely high up on the list of possibilities. There's a couple of reasons I wouldn't want to go. Primary, you know, one of the major reasons, obviously, is the, the politics. But uh, I don't think that should dissuade people from moving to places. I, I love Oregon, and, and there's a good chance of us moving back there. Um, it's just a shame what's happened to Portland. I think if I ever moved to Oregon, I'd want to like run for mayor of Portland or run for governor of Oregon or something like that, and then and to just fix it. You know, I'd run on this message: Look, I know I'm not a Democrat. You probably hate me for that, but just just vote me in for one term, if and let me fix things, and then vote me the hell out. <laughs> just let me fix things because they they let me fix things. Right? That'll be my thing. Let's fix Oregon because uh, it's broken. It's all screwed up. So, but anyway. Um, all right, we got quite a few people here, so let us get into the news. Uh, a lot of great news stories. In fact, I, I normally try to bring it down to four because I noticed that my I was going way over time. So I brought it down to four, uh, but today we're doing five, and there's a lot, a lot of news to cover, so let's get right into it. The first story is CNN viewership has halved in the post-Trump era. So, uh, essentially, yes, yeah, CNN ratings have plummeted. Uh, let's go ahead and ha have a look at this. Uh, now, this is an older article. There were several newer articles uh, talking about different things, uh, but I wanted to get a general overview. For, so, this is from March 22nd, right? So, this is uh, a little over a month ago. 
CNN ratings in death spiral. Primetime viewership plunges 45% in the last five weeks. Apparently, uh, the uh, even CNN viewers uh, would prefer their news without uh, such a heavy dose of propaganda in it. Uh, apparently, everybody's starting to figure out this is just basically fake news. CNN's cratering, cratering ratings early in the post-Trump era were no fluke. The vehemently anti-Trump network has seen a 45% drop in its primetime audience, and it's dropped, it's dropped a lot more since then, actually. Uh, in, the, in the last five weeks, the Washington Post reported Monday, of all Donald Trump's prophecies and predictions that Mexico would pay for the border wall, that the coronavirus would spontaneously disappear, that he would be easily reelected, at least one wasn't entirely wrong. <laughs> Trump predicted a lot of things that were right, okay? Maybe there was a few things, but... Come on, that election, I'm going to be honest, I think he got it right. Uh, at least one wasn't entirely wrong, it noted before detailing the ratings landslide. I mean, how is it How is it that Donald Trump, the most probably the most popular Republican since Reagan, and Biden, who's not even remotely popular on the left, Biden beats Trump? That doesn't make any sense, first of all. Secondly, we have all these other indications that... You know, Trump is more beloved than anyone on the left, or the left generally, right? The leftists, who who obviously they love CNN, CNN's their their network of choice. They're not even watching CNN. They're not even watching CNN. They're, they're, they're leaving CNN. They're just they're like we're over it. We're over it. They know that CNN's been lying to them. I, I came up with this blue and on video. I've been talking about it for a while now. The left just lies. It's all conspiracy theories. It's all lies. And, and I think people are sick of it. Even the, even the people, you know, Democrat voters. Because, you know, how many times are you going to get lied to before you're just like, okay, you're not good for me. We have to break up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, let's see here. CNN previously lost 44% of its total audience in the last week of January, which included Cuomo primetime shedding viewers aged 25 to 40, uh, 54 by more than half. Uh, the most deeply affected network is CNN. The newspaper concluded. This is from what? What newspaper? What, what are they talking about? Oh, the Washington Post. Okay. Uh, the newspaper concluded after analysis of Nielsen Media uh, research data. MSNBC's audiences dropped twenty six percent in the same period. Fox News, the most Trump friendly of the three networks, and its primetime opinion shows has entirely regained its leading position by standing still. Its ratings have just fallen six percent by the first. Uh, since the first weeks of the year. That's pretty good, especially considering a lot of conservatives are mad at Fox for not supporting Trump during the election and not calling out what looked like some suspicious activity going on. The cable networks declined to discuss their ratings outlook um, for this article. Conservative website Hot Air recently speculated that CNN's woes may be correlated with with its 2020 support for New York Governor Andrew Cuomo prior to the Democrats' COVID-19 nursing home scandal and accusations by former aides of sexual conduct. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, it's a little embarrassing to be like, you know, I'm a Cuomo sexual. I love Andrew Cuomo. And then he turns out to be this like somewhat perverted, uh, you know, minister of death. Let's see here. The network uh, that gave the viewers the Cuomo brothers in 2020, blah, 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 blah. Obviously, okay, more and more about how CNN's plummeting. But what I wanted to show you guys, which I thought was quite fun, is this. This is this is much more enjoyable than just generally uh, CNN in a nosedive. We all know about that, but check this out. How awkward CNN's ratings actually go up slightly while Brian Stelter is is away on vacation. <laughs> so his own show actually does better when he's not hosting it. That's that's how much people hate Brian Stelter. Man, he just he just looks like a turd, doesn't he? He's like a, a big white turd. Okay, uh, CNN, CNN's Brian Stelter is already struggling with his network's sagging ratings, but things just got even worse for him. He recently went on vacation, and his ratings went up while he was gone. That's not supposed to happen. Uh, Fox News reports... What, what is this? I don't know what that is. Uh, let's see here. CNN's struggling media program, Reliable Sources with Brian Stelter, hit another low on Sunday with its smallest audience in 2021 as a liberal program uh, has now failed to crack the 1 million viewer plateau for five consecutive weeks. You are kidding me. It can't get 1 million viewers. The weird thing about TV is that there are some some networks that don't tend to get a million viewers very often, but something like CNN should get, in primetime, should get a million viewers every single night. Um, 
there's a lot of YouTube channels that do a hell of a lot better than that. Uh, even mine sometimes. Uh, not very often. <laughs> I don't think I've ever got a million view- views in one night, actually, I'll be honest. Uh, but uh, there are a lot of YouTube channels that beat Brian Stelter. That's that's pretty sad. Um, Stelter's program averaged only 810,000 uh, total view- viewers and a dismal 163,000 among key demographics of ages uh, 25 to 54 on May 2nd, its worst performance of the year in both categories. To, to make matters worse for Stelter, his only uh, his own show performed better last week when replaced when replacement host John Avalon filled in. The Avalon host edition of Reliable Sources on April 25th averaged uh, 907,000 for nearly a 100,000 viewer increase over Stelter's return. That is so sad. Avalon also topped Stelter's most recent episode in the key demographic. Averaging 182,000 views among the group coveted by advertisers. Hopefully Brian had a nice break from this show. Oh my gosh. Oh, that is so embarrassing. That is so embarrassing. Uh, yeah, okay, so people are, are throwing up memes. Uh, the potato is not doing that. They're calling him a potato. I didn't know they were calling him a potato. I call him a big white turd. Anyway, so that's hilarious. I love that. I just think that's the funniest thing I've I've read in a while. Uh, and, oh man, that would suck, right? Imagine that I stopped doing my show for a, a week and I just put my friend here and he did better than me. Or Valeria and she did better. Oh man, that would be horrible. That would hurt so bad. <laughs> oh man. Kind of feel bad for the big white turd. Uh yeah, that that's I I don't know I don't know what else to say. That sucks. That really sucks. But there is even more I don't know bad news for CNN. I'd say. Uh, oh shoot, wrong. No, where is it? Nope, 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 nope. Oh yeah, you're getting updates on all all on what we're a little, little bit of a, a preview. All right, here we go. So this is the next story. This is from the Daily Wire. So Anderson Cooper hosted Jeopardy, right? Um, because of the 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 death of our uh intrepid Alex Trebek who is you know we all loved uh but now he's gone and uh sadly and so they've got to replace Alex Trebek and they're replacing him with various hosts because they're not sure who they want the permanent host to be so they're trying out Anderson Cooper disaster ladies and gentlemen disaster lowest ratings of any guest host in the show's history uh, Sony Pictures Television will not be asking Anderson Cooper to permanently take up the Jeopardy mantle anytime soon. The silver-haired CNN anchor pulled in the least viewers of any host since Alex Trebek died of pancreatic cancer last November at age 80. In fact, Cooper scored the smallest audience of any guest host in the show's history. Oh, that's oh, that's brutal. According to the ratings information obtained by The Wrap, the 53-year-old Cooper at the helm... Uh, with the, th- the 53-year-old Cooper at the helm, the long-running series dropped 7% from the week before when Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers was behind the iconic podium. Uh, I didn't see any of these episodes, but I saw some of the posts on Twitter, and people seem to love Aaron Rodgers. Um, even Dr. Oz, whose variety columnist Daniel uh, Daddario accused of giving the show a black eye, attracted a bigger audience, putting, it, putting up a 5.2 share in his first week compared to Cooper's 5.1. Worse for Sony... Cooper stint cost the syndicated show its top uh, its position at at the top of the game show heap, causing it to fall behind Family Feud. Oh, oh my goodness, oh my goodness! Uh, former champion Ken Jennings, who holds the records for the longest Jeopardy winning streak and highest earning uh, earning uh, and the highest earning contestant, has been the most popular uh, guest host since the show had uh, to soldier on without the legendary Trebek pulling in 6.2 uh, and 5.9 in the ratings in his first and second weeks, respectively. There seems to be a lesson in that for TV executives. They can largely disregard social media complaints when making hiring decisions. Um, I'm not going to read too much more about that. Uh, the, the, the point here, of course, is that nobody likes degenerate leftists. Nobody likes you guys. You're annoying. You're smug. And you're horrible. And nobody wants to watch you. I don't even know how how CNN even makes money anymore. Nobody likes watching them. They're all smug a-holes. They think they know better than everybody else. They're wrong like 99% of the time. Uh-oh, what have we got here? Wardrobe malfunction. All right, there we go. All right. Let's move on to the next story. What have we got, ladies and gentlemen? Oh, yeah. Oh, this is, this is quite fun. The lead singer of the rock band The Who slams 
the woke generation. Talking about my woke generation. I can't I can't sing. I can't sing. I'm so sorry. That was a mistake. That was a mistake. All right. Uh let me go ahead and put the uh camera on this website. Boom. The Who's Roger Daltrey slams the woke generation there, creating a miserable world for themselves. We've seen the communist system fail. I love this. I love all these, like, you know, counterculture. This guy's not punk rock, but you know what I mean? Like punk rock type folks, you know, who were essentially like legends in their own time. Coming out and being like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is not punk rock. This is not cool. This is not counterculture. This is degeneracy. This is horrible. Like, well, let me read some of this. Well, okay, I'll make the point. So when I was in high school, because another guy who who I've come to enjoy listening to is Johnny Rotten from the Sex Pistols. I think his real name is Johnny, John, John... Something with an L. I forget his name. But anyway, uh, let me look him up real quick. Johnny Rotten is actually John Lydon. John Lydon is his real name. Anyway, John Lydon. This guy, this guy's like a little bit nuts, right? I mean, if you just, if you want to have some fun for 10 minutes, just, just, you just look up on YouTube Johnny Rotten interviews, and he's hilarious, right? I mean, his whole life he's just been like uh, so obnoxious in interviews. An interview will ask him, "So, what's your upcoming song?" He's like, "I don't write songs. I hate you. Go after yourself. Get the hell out of here." I mean, he's like crazy. He's like a little bit crazy, but there is this weird shift with these kind of counterculture people from the old days that they're just like, "No, no, no, no. The left is nuts." And they're all like conservative now. They're all like Trump supporters. <laughs> it's crazy. And I think it has something to do with the, the idea of control, right? So the left always wants to control everything now. And it's kind of this mainstream view of, oh, we're not allowed to say anything bad that might offend anybody, right? And these guys made their careers on offending everybody. So they're just like, this is BS. This is absolute garbage. This is not what we fought you know, their, our cultural revolution about. And so bizarrely, you find these counterculture crazy people in line with like Christian conservatives. Like we're all like together now. You know? <laughs> it's so weird. But I, I remember in high school thinking like the left has become so mainstream and this whole idea, these radical policies have become so mainstream now, right? That, uh, that it was actually, it was actually now, uh, rebellious to be a conservative. I, I remember because I was, I mean, my parents were conservative. I was raised conservative. You know, you have to make these decisions when you're when you're a teenager. But I I recognized pretty early on that that the left is doesn't make any sense. Like their views don't make any sense. And but I noticed everybody kept falling for them, as especially when I was a teenager in college. Everybody was like a leftist, and I'm just thinking like, am I the only conservative around here? I'm. Hold on a second. All right, you're live, darling. What's up? Done? What are you talking about? I haven't even started. I mean, I've barely started. It's, it's six thirty. What do you? What time do you think it is? Well, you're you're on the uh, you're on the mic. Uh, just text you. Okay. All right. Okay. Talk to you soon. Love you, Donna. Bye. All right. So yeah, everything's good. Everything's good. All right. I'm trying to sell my crypto at seventy. It might be a big mistake, but I don't want it to crash and then to lose all my gains. So I'm selling at 70 uh, if it goes up to that. If it, if it doesn't, I won't be selling, which is unfortunate. Anyway, moving on. So the point I'm coming up with here is that when I was in high school, I realized that I was actually the rebel and all these guys were the, were the, the lemmings that were all just sort of joining in the same, you know, do, doing the same thing, automaton drones. And, uh, and I was the rebel because I was the only one not that I didn't agree with them, you know? And then I was watching a, was it Trey Trey Parker and Matt Stone uh, did, did an interview, and they and they said the same thing. They're like, they're doing this interview, and they're like, yeah, we're we're becoming conservatives now, 
And somebody was like, what? What are you talking about? You guys are all like, you're, you're these crazy counterculture types. And they're like, yeah, but and everybody's like that now. Everybody in Hollywood is like this far left leftist. So now being conservative is punk rock. They're like, it used to be like, you'd be far left radical, you were punk rock. Now you have to be conservative to be punk rock. I was like, yes, yes, they made the same the same observation, right? So so I, I thought, well, okay, I got to be right about this, you know? And so now you have all the people, and literally the king of punk rock, Johnny Rotten, is now a conservative Trump supporter. So, I mean, you, you don't get more validation than that, do you? So I just, I guess I wanted to cover this story because I wanted to tell you guys that uh, my youthful predictions were accurate, came true. Okay, so let's see here. What does this guy have to say specifically? Roger Daltrey, the lead singer of the rock band The Who, says it's terrifying to see the woke generation creating a miserable world for themselves. The woke generation, it's terrifying. The miserable world they're, di- uh, they're going to create for themselves, the rocker said in a recent interview with uh, DJ Zane Lowe on Apple Music. I mean, anyone who's lived a life, you see what they're doing. You just, uh, you just know that it's a routine to nowhere. A routine. <laughs> you just know it's a route to nowhere, especially when you've lived through periods of life where we've had the privilege to, uh, adultery added. I mean, we've all had the golden era, and there's no doubt about that. Uh, the, I, I didn't really follow that, but okay. I mean, we all had pretty good lives, and so, you know, he's watching them destroy the world, and uh, it, it's very sad. I agree. Ah, she's got a nail appointment, so she's not going to be home for another hour. Shame. Okay. Uh, but we came out of a war. We came out of a leveled society, completely flattened. Uh, bomb sites and everything, Daltrey said, and we've been through socialist governments, we've seen the communist system fail in the Soviet Union, I've been to those communist countries while they were communists, I've seen how wonderful, okay, I've seen how wonderful, really, it was, the rocker added sarcastically. Daltrey's comments about the woke generation arrive amid other rockers sharing similar sentiments. Oh yeah, Sex Pistols, so I hadn't read this article and I hadn't uh, realized that they were going to mention John Lydon here. Uh, Sex Pistols frontman John Lydon, also known as Johnny Rotten, recently called wokeness a divisive political weapon being yielded by privileged, tempestuous, spoiled children, I agree, uh, whom the media offer a platform to push their unpopular political correct, politically correct opinions. Last week, the misfit founder Glenn Danzig called out cancel culture and woke BS, adding that his band and the, uh, the punk explosion could never happen today because everybody's so uptight and PC. Additionally, punk rocker John Joseph from the ba- the band Blood Clot and Cro-Mags, I've never even heard of either of them, responded to backlash over a large punk show recently held in New York City, declaring that he could not give an F less about those who disagree with the event, adding that critics should stay the F home and watch CNN. <laughs> I love that. The rocker also proclaimed that cancel culture can go F themselves. Uh, yeah, that's right, that's right. Uh, punk rock is now... Uh, conservative strange but true all right moving on to the next story uh let's see here uh heavily armed rioters threaten lone motorist who attempts to defend himself himself the person who collects my stories wrote himself twice for some reason okay uh let's move on to that story did i did i open that we're not doing that story are we doing that story I haven't, I haven't, uh, yeah, let's, let's go ahead and do it. I haven't read this one, actually. This is crazy. This is crazy. I, sorry, I, I, I thought I opened all the stories and I read all of them, but I didn't read this one. I mean, I, I usually read like half the article. Um, okay, well, let me, let me look at I'm going to be looking at it at the same time you guys are, but this is. This looks kind of crazy. Okay, let's hear. Video, heavily armed leftists surround and threaten lone Portland motorist, but when the fed-up driver points his own gun at them, all hell breaks loose. The same group attacked a different motorist amid the march. One leftist amid the march. I guess this is some kind of a uh, protest thing. One leftist screamed, you effed with the wrong effing people, bro. Yeah, if I move to Portland, I'm going to have an arsenal in my car. Uh, let's see here. Heavily armed leftists, apparently acting as security for the march in Portland earlier this week, pointed guns at a lone motorist and threatened him before the fed-up driver exited his his truck and pointed his own gun at them, and then all hell broke loose. Yeah, you can't just run around pointing guns at people just because you're, like, uh, 
See, this is the thing. Antifa is a domestic terrorist organization. The police got to come in and take those people out. What are the details? The video showed a large group of leftist militants marching down Portland Street, uh, reported to, reportedly to remember Patrick Kimmons, a black man fatally shot by Portland police in 2018. They're marching for somebody from 2018? Come on, they'll just, they'll, they'll use any excuse, won't they? But a vehicle apparently leading the group came upon a pickup truck driver who was traveling toward the marchers, and, uh, and the lead vehicle blocked the driver's path, path in seconds. Numerous militants descended upon the pickup truck driver and began threatening him. Thing is, though, the driver had a gun, too, and the heavily armed militants didn't like that one bit. You better effing not. One leftist was heard yelling the driver, put your effing gun down. The driver, standing behind his truck door, pointed at one particularly well-strapped leftist and yelled twice back, got about five seconds to lower that effing weapon. I love this guy. What a badass. The lone driver who faced about a half-dozen armed leftists in the standoff uh, jawed with the hostile group, calling them uh, foul language and repeatedly ordered them to shut up. One leftist told the driver that his vehicle is a deadly weapon, which didn't go over too well with the driver who noted that the rifles pointed, pointed in his direction. Yeah, no joke. As the driver got back into his truck, he began to move past the militants. One leftist called him an effing Nazi, as others demanded that he get out of here. Just then, okay. Okay. So somebody threw something at his truck. He stopped, got out, and confronted the group. The situation grew tense, with many people screaming... And the driver grabbed his gun and moved forward one of the rifle-wielding leftists, who promptly shoved the driver backwards. With that, the driver regained his footing, drew his gun on the group, but he was tackled from behind after watching numerous militants pile on him. Soon the driver was requesting, requesting an ambulance, asking for his gun back, and telling the leftist that he's a disabled Marine. Uh, that's a shame. It didn't end well. But wait, there's more fun. If you thought that... That was enough left-wing lawlessness for one day. There's the video of the same armed group tracking a different vehicle whose driver didn't obey their orders. All right, you know what? Some kind of militia has got to take form in Portland. And just every time they go march with their little military group of security leftists, our, our conservative militant group approaches them and moves them out of the way. Because this is totally inappropriate. You cannot have these rogue armed people like directing traffic okay that that's not that is not appropriate that's not the kind of country that we want to live in. is flipping ridiculous all right well that is a bit of a sad story i would have liked uh for the marine to have won there but it is difficult in numbers i mean we're, we're so used to watching these movies where you, know, you got bruce lee walk up to like a hundred guys and beat them all up um but the reality is uh once you multiply you know it's one guy against a little army it's almost impossible for the one person to win. That's basically movies. Uh, so you have one guy with a gun and six people with a gun, and it's not going to turn out well for the one guy. So you need, you know, there's safety in numbers. We need we need more people than just one guy with a gun and a truck to confront these people. Um, all right, let's move on to the next story. This one's quite important because it's, um, well, it's, it's not as important as it looks, but I don't like what they're doing. It's just more... More power, more control by the growing the federal government stuff that I don't like. So the story here is, oh gosh, where are we? Uh, experts warn Biden's land and water conservation plan is a land grab. Okay, so they've got this, Biden's got this new plan called 30 by 30, where he wants to take 30% of the, of the, uh, the land in America by 2030. And uh, basically... Put it in the hands of the federal government. Oh, joy, because we need the federal government to be even bigger. Um, so let's go ahead and have a look at what this guy has to say. He's a fisherman, and he's not happy about this. Hildreth has been fishing these waters for 30 years, but he's now worried about an executive order signed by President Biden in January. It's called 30 by 30, and it mandates protecting 30% of America's waterways and 30% of her land by the year 2030. The problem for some is it's not quite clear exactly what protection means. So the question everybody's asking is, are they protecting the ocean for you or are they protecting it from you? 
Exactly. That is the $100 million question. We are taking so many fish out of the ocean. Enric Sala is from National Geographic, one of many environmental groups pushing 30 by 30 to states and local governments. We need half of the planet in its natural state. So we can start by protecting at least 30% of our land and 30% of our ocean by 2030. And it's that acquisition of huge swaths of land that has property rights advocates also worried. Margaret Byfield heads American Stewards of Liberty, one of the main opponents of 30 by 30. We're looking at a huge land grab that um, is going to fundamentally change land ownership in America. So your opponents say taking this much land will fundamentally change land ownership in the United States. What do you say? We're talking about the future of humanity, and everybody has a role to play. Hildreth says he's... We're talking about the future of humanity. So this is, <clears throat> this is basically the excuse that these leftists always use for um, introducing radical, completely destructive, uh, utterly destructive uh, policies. Uh, we want to implement this destructive policy, but it's for your own good. Uh, what are the nine most terrifying words in the English language? I believe they are, I'm from the government, and I'm here to help. Uh, and that's exactly what's going on here. The government's pretending that they're, they're doing this for your own good, because we can manage the land better than you can. But here's why this is not as big of a deal as you think. The government already controls 28% of the land in America. Yeah, you didn't know that, did you? Because nobody talks about that. The government... The government owns 28% of American land. And have a look at this map. This is the craziest thing that I discovered in my little research before I did the show today, which I, maybe I'll do a video on this, Mr. Reagan. This is insane. Okay, look at this. Look at this. This is all the land that's owned in the various states. Uh, I want to say I want to say east of the, the Rocky Mountains, but it's actually even further east than that. But you look at all these states, um, the earlier states especially, and the government owns almost nothing, right? They own almost none of the land, right? The, the most you'll see is like 10% here. Uh, uh, and where else? Where's another big one? Florida's 8.2. What is this? They've got 11.8. Uh, what is that? North Carolina. And Texas, they own almost nothing, 1.9%. It's crazy how little they own. Then you get over here to like New Mexico, Colorado, um, Wyoming, Montana, Idaho, Utah, Arizona, Nevada, California, my home state of Oregon, and Washington, where my family lived for many years. And many of my family still live there. And actually, I have family in Alaska as well. And if you look at all these states, it's insane how much the government owns. Like, why should the government own almost 50% of the land in all of these states. That doesn't make any sense. In Oregon, they own over 50% of the land. In Alaska, they have almost 70% of the land in Alaska. What the hell is that? I mean, that, that's not appropriate. I mean, so in the Western states, the government basically owns all the land. To me, that's totally inappropriate. That, that land needs to be held in private hands this idea that uh you know they already have harsh regulations right you can't pollute there's a lot of regulations especially in like forests and stuff like that to protect wildlife and whatnot so there's only certain ways in which land can be developed in certain places anyway why does the government have to own it the government should own land that like they build a federal building on right or maybe they have to have a you know, they, they maybe have to have a hydroelectric dam or something like that, which I don't even agree with because that should be private as well. But, um, I mean, what the hell's going on? The federal government owns 28%. Why? Why? Why all this? Why? What are we? What are we? Russia? What the hell is that? No. No, that should all be owned by private. If, if anything, it should be something like 1.2. Point, uh, 0.8. I like that one. Should be even less than that. What's the smallest one we can find here? 0.4, it looks like, in New York City. Point four, New York City, New York State, obviously. Uh, New York State, point four. I like that. I think point four should be the standard. The the federal government obviously doesn't need more than point four 
uh, percent of the land mass in any particular area because that's all they have in New York State. Okay, that's the lowest they have. You can obviously get by on that. That's what you get. Point four. Everything else has to be sold to private companies, not the Chinese. All right. So I'm a little bit pissed off about that, finding out that the government already owns 28% of the land in America. But anyway, let's move on to the next story, which I'm sure will also piss me off. Let's see here. <laughs> um, Biden order rescinds Trump plan to collect facial scans and DNA from immigrants. Okay, I didn't have a chance to read this one either. So this is we're going on the roller coaster together, ladies and gentlemen. Let's have a look. This is from the Epoch Times. Biden order... Sorry, Biden order rescinds Trump plan to collect facial scans and, and DNA from immigrants. See, now, I'm not saying that all immigrants necessarily... Look, if, if you're coming into our country and we vetted you and, and you seem to be like a good person, all that kind of stuff, and you're going through the, the proper channels, um, you know, I... I you know, I would hope that that you would be trustworthy, right? But at the end of the day, especially if you're coming in from a country in which people tend to hate America, which I, honestly, I don't know why we let people into America from countries that hate America, right? There, there are there are places that they don't like America. They don't like America. That culturally, they don't like America. They don't get along uh, in terms of like they don't have similar rules or laws, and they come to America and they are incredibly. Um, Violent-minded. They might not be violent. They might not act out violently, but they've all got all these violent ideas that, like, it's okay to do this or that. Like, you know, what would you call it? like a like the the ritual killing of of not not ritual. What, what do they call it when like the girl dishonors the family and so she's murdered? Honor killings, like places with honor killings. Why are we bringing in people with 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 that kind of a uh, value system. I don't like that at all. I think that there should be, I'm not saying we should exclude people with, with those kinds of, you know, that comes from those kinds of countries, because not everybody in those countries share the values of the people in the countries. That's why they want to come to America. Okay. But like, obviously, and now a little while back, there was this idea that, um, you know, oh, Trump only wants people from Sweden to come in because they're all white and Aryan looking and he's a racist. Uh, and, and I found that really annoying. Because I actually think that that's a good idea. I think that prioritizing people from Sweden to immigrate to the United States is actually a good idea. And there's a few reasons why. One of the reasons is uh, how many people coming from Sweden are super poor? Not very many, okay? In fact, probably none. Probably none. Uh, so you're not bringing in uh, low-talent, low-IQ, low-skilled people into your country if you're bringing them in from an already developed nation, right? So developed nations, I think, need to have some degree of priority because you're always going to bring in better educated, higher IQ, uh, more talented people, right? The second thing is that you always want people that come, you want to prioritize people that come from Christian nations, right, or traditionally Christian nations. And the reason for that is because tra traditionally Christian nations developed in the same way we did. So they share our values. They, there, there's no such thing as like an honor killing in a traditionally Christian country. Um, you know, the, so the, anywhere that shares our views most, uh, most, most closely, most closely, um, <laughs> I, I guess that works. Anyway, you know what I'm trying to say. I think they should get priority. And I don't understand why that's controversial. That's not necessarily a race issue. That's a cultural issue. Um, and to me, that makes total sense. And, and the only way to dispute that, I think, is to point at somebody who believes this and say, you're a racist. You only like blonde people. Um, no, uh, I don't only like blonde people, obviously. Otherwise, I would hate myself. Uh, no, but I do like people who share my cultural values. I think that those people are going to... Um, the, integrate best in the United States, integrate best into our culture. We don't want to bring the negative aspects of other cultures into America, right? So you've got to assess. I think there's this view that like, well, because in America we view all races as equal, we have to then also view all cultures as equal. No, we don't. We absolutely do not. There are some cultures that are vastly inferior to American culture. Um, and there are probably cultures that are to some degree a little bit better than American culture. 
Um, but I think that we're one of the best cultures in history. Uh, I do think that we have allowed our culture to, to gener degenerate a little bit with Antifa and that sort of thing. Um, but historically, I think we may be the best culture in history, historically. I don't know about now, but uh, at one point, at least, in America. And that's why we want to make America great again. Right, ladies and gentlemen? All right, let's get back to this story. Uh, Biden orders uh, order rescinds Trump plan to collect facial scans and DNA from immigrants. I don't see why we can't make sure that everybody's like cool that's coming into the country. Uh, Biden's Joe, uh, for, President Joe Biden's administration on Friday rescinded a Trump era plan to collect facial scans and DNA from immigrants when they apply to enter the United States. The Department of Homeland Security uh, said it has withdrawn a proposed rule that would have expanded department authorities and regulations. Uh, and requirements for collecting biometrics. You know, I don't care that much about this. I would much rather, because this, to me, is like an expanded government thing anyway. I would much rather just limit the number of immigrants and the number of countries we're taking immigrants from. And I would get rid of the whole anchor baby thing. That that thing would be gone. If I was president, no anchor babies. If you have your kid in America, you got to take it back with you. Not happening. Not happening in my administration. Uh, the Department of Homeland Security said it has withdrawn a proposed rule that would have expanded department authorities and requirements for collecting biometric, biometrics and removing age restrictions requiring submission of biometrics of every applicant, petitioner, sponsor, beneficiary, and other individual filing for asso or associated with any immigration or nationalization benefit or request unless DHS wa waives uh, or exempts the biometric requirement. Former President Donald Trump last year proposed the expansion of collecting facial scans, eye scans, and voice data for individuals seeking entry, which would then be used to verify people who had left the country. The rule would have also allowed the federal government to collect information from younger children, including DNA and scans. You see, I don't really like the government having anybody's information, but immigrants is a little bit of a trickier situation. It's a huge benefit to live in the United States of America. We're all very lucky to have been born here. But if somebody wants to come in here, we've got to make sure that they're not going to ruin it for the rest of us, right? Many immigrants do make the country a, a much better place. Um, my wife, for one. But uh, we've got to be careful because there is always the possibility that somebody's going to want to come in here and mess stuff up. Um, this may have gone a little bit too far. I don't really like the idea of biometric scans and DNA scans and stuff like that. Although... Um, what I prefer is just to limit immigration. I'm very anti-immigration. I'm not anti-immigrant. I'm anti-immigration. I think that we need to have m much stricter immigration policy. Much, and not only a much stricter immigration policy, an immigration policy that targets the, the best, the best from around the world, not just bringing in whatever. You know, obviously I'm repeating myself, but you guys get the idea. In 2019, the Trump administration called for the collection of DNA uh, of immigrants who are detained by U.S. authorities, arguing that it was allowed under the 2005 law and could help detect fraud and solve cold cases. If the proposed proposal was enacted, it would vastly expand such... Yeah, see, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I'm with Trump on that one. Um, although, we definitely need to restrict immigration significantly. I don't know if, like, collecting DNA on everybody coming into the country is a good idea, though, because I feel like... That's the kind of thing that eventually expands into collecting DNA on Americans. And that, that, that's inevitably going to be a problem. And a lot of people like won't do the ancestry stuff because they don't believe that um, that's secure enough, that the, that the federal government will go in and take it and use it to, to find you and stuff like that. And I, that, that is a little bit terrifying. I don't like that at all. Um, if you submit to a DNA test from a private company... Um, they should not be le allowed legally to share that with the federal government. I think that should be illegal. Uh, yeah, maybe that's something that uh, our congressmen should consider. All right, well, that is the end of the news. I will now move to the comment section and see if you guys have to say anything about this stuff. Uh, all right, so we've got some super chats here, I see. Let me try to find them. There's one from uh, Eric. Okay, it's just one. Eric... Come on, man. I don't know how to do this. Uh, it looks French. Thibodeau. Thibodeau? 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 I think that's right. Eric Thibodeau. I'm going to say it that way. Finally made a live show. It's been a while. Hello, everyone. Chris, keep up the fight. It's the only... It, it is... 
only by the grace of God. Oh, sorry. It is only the grace of God that will save you. Um, if you pull it, use it, people. Don't be concerned with fallout. God, family, country. Amen. Thank you, Eric. I very, very much appreciate your message, and I agree with you. All right. Let me see here. All right. Let's see here. Uh, Andrew Beerwert, whom I always love hearing from, says, California folks don't like our system. I don't know quite what you're talking about, but uh, some don't. I mean, there's a lot of Democrats here, that's for sure. Let's see here. Um, Frank James says, maybe people want to escape these cultures that don't jive with American culture. Well, that's right. That's right. So if you have an immigrant who is trying to get out of a culture that's no good and they want to get to a better culture in the United States of America, I'm much more sympathetic to them than somebody who wants to hold on to their country's culture and bring it into America. Like, to me, the concept of coming to America was always about assimilation. It was always about integration. It wasn't about uh, um, changing America to, be, to fit what you want. It's about coming in and enjoying the American system, right? Paper Plate says, uh, Glad CNN is tanking without the ratings magnet that is Trump further proves that there's no enthusiasm behind Biden. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I was saying, right? If, if all these people who watch CNN are no longer watching now that Trump's out of office, they're obviously don't, they don't care about Biden. I mean, there is this argument that people hated Trump so much that they voted, they voted in like record number to get him out of office. I don't believe that for a second. Sure, there's a lot of power in hate, but the power of hatred doesn't usually motivate you to engage. Some people are motivated to engage with things that they hate, but most people who hate something, they want to get away from that thing. So I think a lot of people who didn't like Trump were less inclined to vote than people who were excited about Trump. That's what I think. Um, of course, mail-in voting made it easier, but I still don't think it was enough. Uh, only conservatives losing to pick, uh, looking to pick his handlers' words apart. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, Frank James, yes, leave your Sharia law in the old world. Well, yeah, exactly. Um, all right, what what time is it? 6.59? All right, I'm going to have to end the show on time today, even though I started late. Uh, but the reason is because I'm a little bit worried about what Dogecoin is going to do today, because Elon Musk is supposed to talk about it on SNL tonight, and everybody's expecting a massive spike. But I think as soon as he talks about it, there's going to be a massive drop, and uh, Valeria's going to stick, stick, stick with it. Wait for the drop. Wait for it to come back. I'm going to get out now, and then when it drops, I'm going to try to put my money back in. So that's my plan. Um, you guys do what you want. Don't put in money that you don't think you can lose because it is a volatile market. All right, guys, you've been awesome, and I am out. Have a happy Friday. Have a great weekend. Spend it with the ones you love, and. Just have a good time. You know what? You know what we don't do enough in, in the world? We don't just have a lovely day. Just have a nice day. And I think that I want you guys to do that. And I will see you guys on Monday. Well-rested. Happy. I'm going to work the whole weekend, but you guys get some rest. All right. Uh, I forgot the intro. <laughs> so we'll do it now. Uh, good night.